welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that goes on in the dark. My name's Tori. My name's Taylor Shay. Welcome back, guys. Hi. I'm pissed. Yeah. Why am I pissed? I don't know. Because I ordered my oh. sunscreen and they I got scammed. Amazon scammed you. Yeah. So I ordered I ordered mm-hmm. this sunscreen that you recommended. It's really good. It's the mm-hmm. beauty of jo- Joseon mm-hmm. sunscreen. It's, a, it's like a Korean skincare brand. It's one of my favorites. Love it. And it's not, doesn't get you oily. Like, it's really, really good. And someone even on TikTok did, like, an oil test where they put it on, like, oil mm-hmm. blotting sheets. And it didn't get oily no. for, like, 12 hours, which is dope as hell because I have oily And skin. the texture of it, like, it doesn't smell chemically. Nope. It doesn't smell sunscreeny. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels texture-wise like just a, a light lotion or yeah. a moisturizer so, layer. And it's an SPF 50, which is dope. So, like, I've been using that. And I'm, like, getting a little low on it. Not enough where, like, I needed to buy a new one right now. But also, like, I knew it takes, like, a month to get here because it's, it's an Asian skincare brand. Mm-hmm. So I bought it and I'm literally holding them in my hand right now and I showed Tay. The one that I have, the normal one, is like a like a light cream color, has like it, all the information is printed on the bottle, a like ridged like cap. Like it's a very yep. you can tell it's an actual yes, brand. It's the real thing. The one that I have in my left hand, the one that I got today in the mail, is a bright white tube with a sticker that says Beauty of Joseon. No ingredient list, and it looks like it literally smells like sunscreen it smells like like chemicals and it looks like a tube of ointment yeah so yeah exactly so like i'm pissed i spent 15 fucking dollars on it oh no yeah so i'm I'm debating keeping it using it for my tattoos because like i need the sunscreen for my tattoos but i'm also like even look the size difference like it's a good like not the same it's not the same thing i'm pissed so Mm. i'm pissed but in good news something else came in the mail today tay's book came in the mail it's here i have her book it's real i'm gonna i'm gonna say this and i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna put i i'm gonna say i'm the first person on the face of the earth to have a copy of your book aaron texted me the other day no sorry aaron got hers first no (laughs) aaron love you sorry for your headphones but fuck Mm -hmm. you aaron i was supposed to be the first person just kidding i wasn't supposed to but yeah i ordered the day after it was released so like duh yeah but like i was like damn because you ordered one too around yep. the same time so i was like i still haven't gotten my yeah, copy yet I, my, yeah. eh. <laughs> I love it it's great it's well, amazing that. i love it <laughs> um yeah so that came in the mail so it's exciting mm-hmm. i'm waiting on a bunch of other packages and it's just like i want my stuff yes i, I like, want waffle fries i want waffle fries so um <laughs> throw back to last episode that's our vocal stem yeah <laughs> And this is good. That's me. My that new book. Because I can feel it when I do it. I, I, I pokes my lip piercing on my chin. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're children. So I'm um, so excited that it's here, that people are getting copies. Mm-hmm. I very much wanted to give a big thank you to Erin. She had sent like a super nice message mm-hmm. that made me feel really nice. Let me find it. It was so sweet. Like, I love she's that. just. She is such a support. Like she is such a big support. And like, oh my god, yeah. We um, I think we're we did post. We're recording mm-hmm. this a day before we post last episode. So mm-hmm. like Monday on the eighth, our episode's gonna be posted on the ninth. So we're probably gonna post. I I sent in our email like pictures mm-hmm. of the the shirts so we can post them and be like, yeah. who wants one? Um, so hopefully people will like you know will support us. Yes. I'm, I'm I would not be shocked if Aaron mm-hmm. was like, give me one, right give the me fuck one now. right this second. Yeah. So. Just let you know. Yes. So yeah. she texted me yesterday, sent me a picture that I re- she received it in the mail. She says, it's here. This is amazing, TS. It truly provokes introspection, gratitude, and mindfulness. I am so proud of you. Yeah. It yeah. really does. Because, like, there's, like, when you said she, like, Tay mm-hmm. said shadow work. Like, I mm-hmm. knew, like, what shadow work was. But there's a lot of it in there, which I'm happy about. Because that's, like, something that I feel like I need a lot of work on. Mm-hmm. And I also really like because spoiler alert, there's, first of all, a bunch of really pretty quotes in there. But also, there's a bunch of, like, probably, like, five or six pages where it's, like, 
write a letter and it's like to the person who broke me to the person who mm-hmm. raised me like and i like that you put like the person who raised me and yes. not mom or dad because nope. like there are some people who don't have a parent exactly but, and I like really some people that. have a parent that is not biologically theirs mm-hmm. or like they were raised by siblings like things mm-hmm. like that like really wanted to put in there something that would work for everybody yeah and I, f- that- I feel like you did a very good job of doing Thank that you. keeping it very like very mm-hmm. neutral very not gendered very mm-hmm. not because i feel like sometimes you buy like shadow work journals and they're very like feminine yes. and like while like yours is a little feminine because yeah, it, it has, has like, flowers those, all over it, it flowers but it's also not like it's not like a feminine like bright pink daisies and bright no. pink roses it's like mm-hmm. very chill very like your vibe and i really mm-hmm. i'm excited to like work on it like i'm gonna try to do like a page a day to like make it and i like the fact that too like cause sometimes you you also didn't do it where it's like dated or like day one day two like you just kind of did it like you can do all of it at once or you can do Mm -hmm. like a page at a time which is exactly and it's one of those things that I want people to be able to like genuinely feel like each time you're going through these things Mm -hmm. that you're really thinking about Mm -hmm. it and that really thinking about these questions and that you're not feeling as though this is like a requirement like this Mm -hmm. is like work Mm -hmm. in like uh I have to get this Mm -hmm. done kind of way but like work that's worth it and helps mm-hmm. really get you to where you want to mm-hmm. be and to like mm-hmm. process some stuff definitely so very excited mm-hmm. very proud very excited I'm, ver- I'm very proud proud podcast pod- podcast host <laughs> Co- what, what the fuck <laughs> i did take my meds today by the way about an hour and a half ago uh-huh. I, for okay so story time so last <laughs> night i come home and yeah. she is out with 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 someone she's out to dinner mm-hmm. with somebody and mm-hmm. i didn't realize you weren't home because your car yeah. was here your mm-hmm. keys were here and your door was closed i was like okay maybe she's just taking a nap her door is closed whatever yeah. and then like an hour and a half later you come walking in with the, with this person and i'm like i thought you were fucking gone yeah because this person also had some of their belongings here yeah. so i was like what the fuck? Because I was confused yeah. because we have an alarm system and our yes. alarm system, I have the app on my phone, whereas mm-hmm. you just have the text, which we'll set up eventually a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. Um, I get alerts when the front door is open. So I got an alert when you came from home from work, but no alert. The door opened since. Oh, so it was weird. So I, that's why I was so fucking confused, because if, if yeah. the door had alerted me that it opened again, I was like, OK, she went out, whatever. Yeah, it didn't alert me that you went out. Oh, so weird. I was sitting there. So anyway, she walks in last night. I'm in my boxers and a 3XL T-shirt. Yep, I had just got done smoking a blunt. I'm heating up pizza and I walk in and they walk in and I'm like, I'm very high and I'm eating pizza. And they were like, she was like, I can smell. Yeah. I can smell the pizza. I can smell the weed. Yeah. And then the person she was with was like, I can smell the pizza, but it also smells like weed. So someone's having a good time. And I was like, that's yeah. me. And then I was talking and I was very high and I was, you know, You're and she, all over the place. And she goes, did you take your meds today? And I go, um, about that. And I just put red pepper flakes on my pizza. Yeah. Well, and then you the, the person she was with was like, she didn't take her meds. And I was no. like, no, I didn't. Nope. <laughs> Did not. So I did today though, but I'm just all over. Anyway, <laughs> they have. I didn't have protein this morning. That's why. Uh-huh. So anyway, so today is another Tory centric case. Um, we actually kind of were like, we both have a case ready, and we're like, which one do we want to do? So <laughs> we decided to. I'm just gonna do mine because mine's been ready, and I'm just like, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, go ahead. We're gonna try to record a bunch at once, but we're seeing Evil Dead Rise today. And I'm so excited. Yeah. So we're seeing Evil Dead Rise today, and we have to leave here in like an hour and a half, hour and fifteen minutes. And I think this episode is gonna take us right to when we have to leave and go get <laughs> snacks, and then we're good. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So today I'm going to talk about the case of Mary Elizabeth Bailey. Okay. So I found this case on um, in a People magazine because I had, it was when we got tattooed. I got that okay. People magazine. <laughs> and this is the first, I think the first, maybe the first or the second case that I've done from that magazine. I think I might have done one more. I think you did another one. I can't remember what it was though, but I, I think know. I did one more. 
But this one um, is a very interesting case, and it's going to have um, a lot of discussion. So I feel like it's going to be a longer episode. Um, so people who like that, congrats. Mm -hmm. um, so just to content warning before we get into everything, this case deals very heavily with domestic violence. Ugh. Physical abuse, sexual abuse, children, child abuse, um, murder, um, heavy heavily mentions of alcoholism um, mm -hmm. and sexual promiscuity. Not that that's like... Not that I that I personally am triggered by sexual promiscuity and alcoholism, but there are people where that's a very sensitive topic for them. So Fair. just take care of yourself. This is a very um, rough case. I hope I did it justice. It was kind of um, kind of it was kind of hard to put everything together. It was it was I read a book, watched a documentary, and then read a bunch of articles. Besides the documentary and a couple articles and the People article, there's not a lot about it. Really? Um, even oh. though it was pretty highly publicized in West Virginia. This also happened in the 70s or like uh, the 80s. So, like so that's that could why. also happen. Um, but something that was interesting is the book that I read, all the names were changed, including first and last names of the people. But then I watched the documentary and the names were different. So I was confused. But the book didn't say anything about changing the names. Yeah. So, like, I'm not sure what that reasoning was. But if, mm. I, if I end up slipping up and saying, like, Veronica instead of Priscilla or, like, Willard instead of Wayne. Yeah. It might be because I was referencing the book as I was writing. Uh. So if I'll mm -hmm. let you know, like, what the – so Mary Elizabeth Bailey um, – she was born on October 25th, 1975 to Priscilla Bailey, um, who in the book was referred to as Veronica. Okay. So, um, so Priscilla was 17 when she gave birth to Mary. Uh, Mary had become pregnant when she engaged in an affair with a 33-year-old married man. Oh, wow. And she, had, she was 16 when she got pregnant. She was 17 when she gave birth. Mm -hmm. So once the man found out that Priscilla was pregnant, he didn't want anything to do with her, which, mm. not a shocker. Yeah. You're fucking a teenager. Gross. Gross. And, and you're, married. you're married. Gross. Yeah. Like, go fuck yourself. Um, and I still like I knew his name in the book was I forget what it was in the book, but I couldn't find his actual like real name wow. like in real okay. life. So like I don't think it was because she only met him tw twice in her entire oh, wow. life. So like there he was never <laughs> present. Um, so Priscilla at the time of Mary's birth lived with her mother and her father in West Virginia. Um, Priscilla's parents only found out she was pregnant when her mom thought it was weird that she hadn't gotten her period in almost five months. So she was like, mm, take it to the doctor. What the fuck is up? Yep. And then. They found out that Priscilla was going to be a teen mom. Yeah. So in her book, My Mother's Soldier, which is written by Mary Elizabeth Bailey, that's the book that I read. Mary writes often about her mom wasn't necessarily the best mother figure. Um, Priscilla often went out um, and partied as if she didn't have a child. Um, and she kind of says that. So she wasn't prepared and mm -mm. really wasn't ready to be mm -mm. a mom. Not at all. Um, and she off she writes that um, she didn't see Priscilla as her mom. Okay. She was kind of just like this other this person. Like the way I think she saw her was kind of like a older sister, but she wasn't raised. That. It was very yeah. obvious it was her mom. Yeah. But she just didn't wasn't a mother figure. Yeah. Um. But Mary recalls um that her maternal grandparents, her her mom's mom and her dad's dad were more like her parents. They were kind of the steadfast. Yeah. The important they people. were the. The stability that yes. she had needed or wanted. Um, and even though there was that stability emotionally for mm -hmm. her grandparents, she uh, recalls living in a very poverty-stricken home, mm -hmm. but has a lot of fond memories about her grandparents. She was saying mm -hmm. that a lot of times her grandmother wouldn't even have money to give her for lunch. Aww. Like, there, she was often hungry. Not because of the abuse, but we'll find that out later. That is yeah. also true. Mm -hmm. But when she was a kid, like, before her mom met her abusive stepfather, it she, was, she yeah. didn't have a lot to eat. They were very, they just very were, poor. Yeah. Yes. Um, so her grand grandfather actually passed away in 1981, so about six years um, after Mary was born, mm -hmm. and she was like devastated because this was her like father figure. Mm -hmm. um, and even though her like especially because her biological father wasn't even in the picture, 
So mm-hmm. um, her grandmother wouldn't pass away um, until decades later, like years, mm-hmm. years later. But Mary wasn't informed of her grandmother's passing until years after she passed. And we'll find out about that because she ends up going into foster care after everything Mm. happens. So, like, she loses contact because she had to go in foster care counties away from where she was born Mm. because of the court case that was happening. They didn't want her. You know, she was 11 when time everything happened. And we'll talk about what happened when that time comes. So I want to talk about uh, Priscilla a little more. So I mainly want to talk about how Priscilla met a man named Wayne Wires. So she met Wayne at a a church Bible camp when she was 15, Mm -hmm. about a year or two before Mary was born. Um, Wayne was only a year older than Priscilla, so Mary was, or sorry, Priscilla was 15 and Wayne was about 60 when they met, so about a year older. Okay. He towered over her, though, standing at six foot five inches, which is a fucking monster of a man. Yeah. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. He was also known around the smaller town as someone who could be aggressive and had a very short fuse. Because it was a small town, like small, small town. So people knew. Yes. Like, every, we're both from small towns. Yes. We all know who the shitty people are. Oh my god, yeah. Um, despite this, Priscilla started seeing Wayne. Mm-hmm. So not soon after they got together, the domestic violence and abuse started. So like I said, I'm gonna have, I already put a trigger warning out, but I'm going to put it again. Massive trigger warning for domestic violence, like severe yes. domestic violence. Oh, geez. Um, he had actually, so he had found out that she was talking to another guy, which she was 15. And this is kind of a, a, a theme throughout this entire case is that yeah. Priscilla wasn't necessarily the most faithful, even to people who were good to her. She she well, was a very problematic person. Yes. And I don't want to shame her, but she was also very bad to her kids. Yeah. In her early years. Like once yeah. like I want to say probably once Mary was like 35 40 did they have a, an actual relationship wow. like she was very i didn't even detail yeah. all the abuse because i didn't want to make it seem like i was making her out to be a bad person yeah because she was a victim a very severe yeah. abuse victim but also she was very not good to her kids and mm-hmm. some of it is because of the abuse but some of it i think is just because she just didn't know how to be a mom yeah that she just didn't know how to be an adult person mm-hmm. to account for yep. genuine adult responsibilities yep. like being a parent yep and well, because the thing is, too, she was one of six. She was the youngest. And her parents were like 40 when they had her. So she wasn't she was like a she was a baby when her parents were at like middle age and her older sister died. So they spoiled the shit out of Priscilla. Oh, so so she like she like always had this mm-hmm. kind of I can do whatever I want. Exactly. Because they were like, your older sister died. We are you're our last child in our house. Like, fuck. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, she was talking to another man and Wayne found out about it. So he hit, he like beat the shit out of her for doing that. Mind you, 15, 16, 17 when this was happening. So, uh, like, yes. that makes me so upset as a person who like, those were the ages when I was experiencing mm-hmm. these things. But like the fact that I don't, I feel like I've seen this so often in my hometown that there were so many abusive relationships mm-hmm. at these ages mm-hmm. when we were still in high school and none of the adults that were there mm-hmm. ever intervened. Mm-hmm. And nope. it's so weird to me that they never did. And I feel like that's a big thing. Like people, hold on, also side note, there's a lot of beeping outside. We have a window yes. open. So if you hear that, I apologize. But like it's hot as fuck on the third floor. So yeah. like, sorry. <laughs> anyway, but I feel like that's what's really important about the place that I work at now is there the child and teen department not only are there to help counsel the teens, but they're there to talk to teenagers about teen dating violence yeah. because it, it does is, exist it exists and it happens so much more often than people are aware of like oh my God, yeah. myself i went through my domestic violence at from 16 mm-hmm. to 21 like that was yep i was 16 to 20 uh i think for my ages it was like 15 to 19 mm-hmm. and like 
one of the things that I remember like seeing all the time in high school is I remember seeing so many relationships that were kind of like mine. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they got to like as severe places as mine did, Mm -hmm. but like I remember there being so many girls that I knew that also had boyfriends that were like, you can't have Mm -hmm. guy friends. Mm -hmm. Like you can only talk to me, like all these Mm -hmm. rules. I remember a lot of girls my age. I know we've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. but like my age group, I remember there was this weird phase or like, weird thing that happened in like the mid 2000s where they were like the cute but crazy is like a good thing for young girls Mm -hmm. and that it's like you can be super territorial controlling Mm -hmm. verbally abusive and like literally hit your boyfriend and people are all like that's an okay thing to do and i'm like Mm -hmm. these are all super abusive even today like even this day i gonna say this day and age but like you know we were both teens over 10 years ago so you know we're Mm -hmm. I was I started my D start started my DV started experiencing my DV about ten years ago so yeah. you know I've aged a lot and I've you know not aged I still look beautiful. <laughs> That's the sunscreen. <laughs> well, the good sunscreen, the good not sunscreen. the scam scum yeah. sunscreen. <laughs> scam scum scream. Scam scum scum scream. Band scum, name scum screen. Band name called it. Damn, it's mine. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Um. So like we I've I've done a lot of maturing since then and even today though like mm-hmm. I know I know I know people who are very close to me, who I'm not going to name, who literally be like, yeah, um, I can do this because I'm crazy. And I'm like, that's not a thing That's to brag about not like that is how that verbally mm, like why are you looking at like mm-hmm. why are you doing that they'll be like just because or like i did remember talking to because when my first like job out of college mm-hmm. my i was as i said was the john mulaney the street mm-hmm. smarts mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. so like i would go and talk to job corps folks mm-hmm. and i remember having a whole conversation and like an entire lesson with these like young people mm-hmm. and having to say the like just because you're a girl does not mean mm-hmm. you are allowed or can behave like this. Yep. And this was a whole new thing to mm-hmm. have any of these yep. folks say this to them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So <laughs> she wasn't, um, so Priscilla wasn't a good, wasn't a good person. She was kind of the. She needed help. She needed yes. consequences. She needed yes. to grow. Definitely. So um, after he had hit her because he was talking, she was talking to another man. Later on, he found a note she had written to a different guy drove her down a dirt road in his truck all while holding a pistol to her head threatening to kill her jesus these are kids mind you this is when they're 15 to 17 years old this person should absolutely be in prison yes so um all this happened only within the time frame of a few months oh my god and then they split but this wasn't the end of wayne and priscilla seeing each other so we'll kind of talk about how they end up kind of reconnecting so during that break wayne got married to a woman named susan i think that's her name that was in the book so it may not be right but i'm gonna call her susan and had two kids with two kids with her and then that's when priscilla got pregnant with mary funny story though wayne and priscilla both had their respective oldest daughters only two days apart in the same hospital oh my god so while there wayne while his wife was like recovering from whatever yeah visited priscilla and like started ta- like kind of like started developing Reconnecting. an affair yes oh my god because you're having an affair in the pregnancy ward because this woman that he married he tricked she tricked him into marrying her by claiming she was pregnant and she wasn't um, pregnant, but then she got pregnant, actually got pregnant. And then, yeah. okay, that bothers me good, so much because like, I feel like that's such a thing. So many people think that's a real thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know many or no. if anyone who has ever done that. No. So while there, like I said, Wayne visited Priscilla. And despite Wayne being married, um, a few years later, they entered into a affair when Mary was about two. 
Not soon after the affair began, Priscilla got pregnant with Wayne's child, so her second child, Wayne's third child. Um, his wife found out, but let it continue. I'm assuming because she was also being abused by him. Because yeah, when... you don't have much power in that mm-hmm. situation either. Exactly. Oh, she has two kids by this guy. Like, yeah. And if, if, if she lived anything like Mary did, they're poor, and he was a truck yep. driver. So, like, he kind of probably had her there as yeah. financial abuse. Um, so eventually Wayne and his wife divorced. I'm not really sure why, but they divorced. Thank and Wayne God. And, and Wayne and Priscilla moved into, moved to Wayne's town of Pennsboro, West Virginia. So they actually soon got married, but against the advice of Wayne's ex-wife who urged Priscilla not to because she was like, hey, he's abusive. He's a dick. Yeah. Don't do it. Exactly. And so, of course, I'm sure Priscilla probably perceived it as, you just don't want me. Yep. So you it, still love him. Ex- like, no, exactly. I care about you. Exactly. So in the book, it talks a lot about like, in like two chapters, it's very like, oh, well, okay, Wayne and Priscilla moved to to Pennsboro and they moved to here and they moved back to Pennsboro. And they moved, there's a lot Jeez. of moving around. So much so that I couldn't keep track of it and write it all down without verbatim copying the book. So a lot of relocating, going from his hometown to Priscilla's hometown, moving with their parents, getting a trailer by their parents, moving to an apartment in Pennsboro again, coming back, whatever. So after about two years of marriage, um, they actually end up splitting and Priscilla moved back in with her parents and Mary. And then throughout this entire time, remind you, Mary is living with her grandparents. Okay. Priscilla never brought her into the okay, home with Wayne. So at least that's good that she had some stability and was yes. away from that. And for I a don't period think it, I don't think it was a Priscilla being like, "I'm being abused. Let's make sure you're safe." It's a, "I don't give a fuck about my kid." Yeah, be like, "I can't afford to have you," or mm-hmm. like, "I don't really want you right now. Like, exactly. I'm dealing with my own shit. You can just exactly. stay where you are." Wayne and Priscilla eventually reconciled, and Wayne ended up moving back to back where back to where Priscilla lived in Cox Mills, and they rented a small trailer not too far from um, the house that Mary and her family lived in. So not soon um, after Mary's grandfather died, they had her and her grandmother had trouble supporting the home because they were mm-hmm. already in poverty. Like, yeah. how could you do that with just one parent or one grand grandparent? Yes. So her and her mother moved in with Priscilla and Wayne into the trailer that they owned. This is when the abuse of Priscilla, her mother, and her children begins to take a turn for the major worse. So of course, because you're was, mm-hmm. putting so much stress, mm-hmm. too many people, poverty, and like all kinds of things all in one household. Money mm-hmm. is like the number one stressor yep. for everybody. Mm-hmm. So everybody's stressed out because mm-hmm. they don't have money. Mm-hmm. Everyone's feeling desperate. Mm-hmm. And then you have way too many people in a situation that literally no one should be. And in. even that without having an abusive spouse alone is stressful. Yes. But adding an abuser on top of it who's just inherently abusive just because. Yep. And then you have an entire, pretty much an entire household of victim pool or like yep. perfect victims because they're all people in very yep. stressful and yep. traumatic situations where they're already not feeling very good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I said, in Mary's book, there's a lot of details about them moving around and not having a lot of money. In order to keep this episode from being like 10 hours long, <laughs> I'm going to try to summarize a lot of what happened from the time the couple moved to Cox Mills to when Wayne was murdered. Because there's a lot of vivid details in the oh, book, wow. which it was a very okay. good book. We'll talk about more about my review at the end. It okay. wasn't. It was a good book, but I also wasn't a fan of it. But I have my own personal reasons and we'll discuss it at the end. Okay. So there's a reason behind <laughs> it. So um, Mary says all the children, including the three children Priscilla and Wayne had together. So Mary was the first and they had she had two either. I think it was a it was Mary, then a boy, a girl and then a boy or wow. two boys and a girl or yeah. a girl, two boys, whatever. Yeah. So, was, so Ma- Priscilla had four kids, three of which were Wayne. So Wayne and Priscilla had three kids together. Yep. So um, uh-huh. they started to experience a lot of abuse from Wayne, but also experienced it from Priscilla. So Wayne would often call Mary a redheaded brat or a redheaded bitch. And she what she said, like, she literally was quoted as saying, like, I don't know if he even knew my name because that's what he called me so often. That was what she said. So in the book, did she distinguish that she experienced more abuse than her than her others, like half siblings? Yes. 
I yes. figured that that's where that was yes. going because unfortunately, statistics wise, yep. the child that is not biologically theirs, yep. it when you have an abusive mm-hmm. partner, is more likely to really go after well, that and child. This also reminded me a lot of there's um there's something called and you're you're aware of it called the lethality mm-hmm. assessment, the yes. lethality assessment program. It's from Maryland, um, mm-hmm. but it is used a lot in Pennsylvania, specifically in the county we live in, mm-hmm. in the counties that I currently serve. It's not highly used, but it's still it's still heavily in my mind because yes. I worked very closely with oh, yeah. that department when I worked at yes. our old agency to help. And I think educate. lethality assessments, like as a personal person who used to work in this field, I think that they're so very much important. And I mm-hmm. don't understand how any organization would not use them because yeah. I don't think of them as a way to like rate as to who is more of a victim. Mm-hmm. I think it's just you need to have an idea of who is yep. more likely to be potentially yeah. killed so you can get so, them like, out of that to situation. To explain that to everybody, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of explaining yeah. about DV stuff, even though we kind of already talked about it. I feel like we didn't talk about lethality assessments in um in the no. Lorena Bobbitt episode. It was no, a, more just so. like controlling i think and and um yeah reproductive abuse but so lethality assessment the one that i'm talking about and aaron will know about it and i'm sure if there's anyone else who works in victim service field mm-hmm. in pennsylvania you'll be aware of it it is a bunch of questions there's three questions on the top that are they're all yes no unsure or like refuse to answer there's four yes. options in the top three there's like does he own a gun has he ever choked or strangled you and has he ever threatened to kill you those are like the hot button questions yes. if anyone answers yes to that if, like and these are given by mainly by police departments when they're called out to a domestic domestic situation situation yes. so these are given by police officers not a lot of times they don't give them and they're pieces of shit yeah. so there's the process you're supposed to give them and then depending on how the questions are answered they're quote-unquote screened in to talk to a hotline advocate i.e what we were what yep. i currently am so if any if any any person who was a victim whether it be male female non-binary any any gender answered one of those top three questions if it said yes automatic screen in yep but then there's a bunch of questions in the bottom like have you ever left him after being married or have you has he ever physically assaulted you does he have a drug or alcohol dependency whatever but there's also a question that says do you have a child in the home that is not the abusers yep and that is a mark for lethality and that is something that i always bring up in my current line of work because mm-hmm. people don't really think about that but i bring that up all the time saying like because even if especially if it's a boy a little boy yeah if it let's say like i have a child who's a little boy and i get with an abuser that abuser might be jealous of my son, even though he's my son. Yeah. Because all my attention is going to be on my son and not the abuser. Even that's how the abuser's perceiving yes. it. Yes. Even though it's not true. No, anyway, it's just abuser brain. Exactly. So with all that being said, that increases the lethality of the situation for mm-hmm. Priscilla, for Mary, for everyone involved. Yep. So he, uh, Wayne would often slap Mary in the head or grab her by her arms very mm-hmm. hard, like jerking her around. Mm-hmm. And the couple, I want to say the couple, would often refuse to feed children, making them starve a lot of the time. Ugh. So like... Mary would go to her mom, Priscilla, and be like, can I have food? And she'd be like, no. Like, she would make that decision as well. She wouldn't try to slip her kid food. It was she participated. And it's almost to the point, the way Mary described it in her book, because we know that people can be abusive under duress. Like, they can be forced to harm their children by their abusers because they're afraid of the repercussions for themselves. But But there are some people who also, they're so abused and they're so hurting that they hurt others too. Yes. And I feel like she was a complicit participant in in the the abuse of her children abuse. Yes. Okay. Um, So... In fact, Mary remembers going, um, remembers that if she would go into the kitchen and steal some food for her and her siblings, Wayne would line them up and interrogate them to find out who ate the food. And then if they would. Children have to eat. And he would beat all of them regardless of who confessed. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this was the children's entire lives. So Mm -hmm. simply deciding what to do at home, um, you know, they would just decide what to do at home so they would avoid the abuse of the of 
of Mary would yeah Mary would avoid the abuse of her stepfather, but the younger three would try to rebu- avoid the abuse at the hands of their biological father, who is the same person. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention that Wayne um, mentioned that the abuse that Wayne threw towards Priscilla. He would often beat her to the for the littlest things, as we see abusers mm-hmm. often do. Sometimes so bad that Mary remembered her mom couldn't even lift up a coffee cup because of how sore her arms were. Um, not only did Priscilla experience physical abuse from Wayne, she also experienced sexual abuse. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to trigger warning this because there's a lot of um, very fucked up things that he mm-hmm. made her do. Um, he would force her into group sex, often forcing her to write letters and ads asking for sexual visits from people out of state. Um, so they would come and visit the home. They would have group sex take pictures of everybody in lewd positions and they actually developed a scrapbook that were of pictures that were taken during those experiences and so mary wrote in her book that she actually found the scrapbook at a young age and remembers seeing pictures of her mom in very lewd and vulnerable positions and also saw her mom being forced to engage in bestiality oh my god so on in the documentary from um i think it's called people People investigates. It's called Mother's Orders. It's um, on Discovery or Discovery Plus season mm-hmm. six, episode two. Um, it shows clips of the trial. Um, mm-hmm. And because Mary actually has all those clips still, like she, they were given to her at mm-hmm. a young age for her to like yeah. watch if she needed to or wanted to. Um, in that one of the clips that was put forth in that episode mm-hmm. talks about how Pr- Priscilla was talking about how Wayne would stimulate a dog and have her lay down on the ground and force the dog to have sex with her. And force her to commit bestiality as like a, you yeah. need to do this for me. Like you, if you mm. love me, you would do this. It's so fucked so, up. Yeah. So when I, like I knew the abuse was bad, yeah. but like I read that and I was like, oh my fucking god, like that's ridiculous. Horrifying. And we're both people who are one of our like soft points when it comes to working in the victim services mm-hmm. field is sexual assault, sexual abuse. Like that's yeah. one of those things that like there was. I remember there was a specific client that you tried to accept into our program, but I was like, why are you doing this? And you were like she was sexually assaulted and i was like yeah that makes sense like that's mm-hmm. both a very hot button topic yeah. for both of us yes um so it's safe to say that wayne was you know a piece of shit an abuser mm-hmm. and mary is very traumatized not only from the abuse but from seeing shit like that like yeah you know. like um mm-hmm. i'm gonna preemptively say i'm not upset this man's dead oh i'm not either not at all i'm upset by the circumstances of what yep. happened but i'm not eh, upset that he's, he's dead he deserves to be dead yeah he deserves he the only reason i would be upset that he's dead is i wish he would have been able to suffer like yeah. i wish it would have been more of a sufferable death or more damn of a, like i was hoping there was suffering no um so let's get into the week into what happened the weekend before wayne wires was murdered so spoiler alert he's dead he's murdered Good. Mm-hmm. um so wayne worked as a truck driver like i said before so he was out of state a lot this weekend before his murder, he went away on the road for work. While away, Priscilla took Wayne's Jeep and lent it to a friend whom she was also seeing and sleeping with. Which, like That's I said... Neither do, here nor there. And it's neither here nor there, but also, you know, we've seen people cheat on their abusive partners. Yep. It's, it's, it is what it's it is. It's like its own form of escapism, so yes. I'm not really going to judge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this friend ended up crashing the car and running it off the road and like totaling it so mary writes she remembers her mom at first being furious but quickly turned into fear as priscilla realized how angry wayne would be yep so she planned to tell wayne it was her who crashed the car after hitting a patch of ice because it was around it was like in the Mm -hmm. october whatever um when priscilla told wayne this when he got back his or he told she told him this like over the phone like hey just letting you know his response was that he was going to beat her senseless when he got home from being on the road Uh So once Wayne came home a couple of days later, he began the weekend of abuse that would ultimately end his life. 
Mary heard him come into the room where her mom was sleeping and slap her awake, followed her, followed by her mom asking Wayne to put the gun away so no one would get hurt. Oh, so geez. the situation, I believe, was her uh, Mary's grandmother, Priscilla's mom, and Mary slept in the same bed in one room. Mm-hmm. There was a, And I think the her two younger siblings slept in that room as well because it was a small trailer. Yeah. And then Priscilla and Wayne slept in one room yes. with the baby in a crib in that room. Jeez. So the baby was in, in the room when this was happening. Ugh. So she was like, you put the gun away. Like, I don't want anyone to get hurt. So mm-hmm. a few hours later, Priscilla came into the room where Mary was sleeping and told her he's going to die this weekend. Um, so this became the first of many times Priscilla would tell Mary this over this weekend. And this was the first of many times that Priscilla's family has heard this. So we'll yeah. talk about later about why um, stuff that was brought up during trial that kind of okay. led people to believe that this was more premeditated more than because like more than like. Well- I don't really yeah. think of it as premeditation as much as, like, this is, like, a cry for help. Oh, no, 100%. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. But we'll talk about how the prosecution painted her. Of course. For the, you know. they got to win their case, I yep. guess. Mm-hmm. And it's also in the 80s, so this is yeah, over so 40 they years don't, ago. Yep. They don't understand yep. trauma. So, later that day, Wayne went over to the apartments across from the trailer and asked mm-hmm. people what his wife had been up to while he was away. The more people he talked to, the angrier he became because he found out that Priscilla had been sleeping with other people, going over and partying Who at the apartment. are these like, people that are mm-hmm. telling this fuckhead this? If you mm-hmm. all know this is an abusive dickhead, why are you telling him anything? I don't know if anything? they do, though, because, like, I don't know if Priscilla ever mentioned it to, like... Well, if the whole town kind of knew he was a dickhead. Yeah, but, like, just because someone's a dick doesn't mean they're necessarily an abuser. I don't know. I I wouldn't say anything. Eh, like I, I'll be like, that's not my fucking business. Not yeah. my problem. Don't ask me. Why are you coming to my house and asking yeah. me about the well, shit they, your well, wife they, did? Well, they also all hung out at the apartments together. So they mm-hmm. were all very mute. It was a huge friend group that I forgot to mention that. Like they would yeah. go over there and party constantly. Mm-hmm. But I also think a lot of people over there were probably also abusers who yeah. were. Think about it. If Wayne was forcing people to have sex with Priscilla, they're willing to do that. You know what I mean? <sighs> A whole bunch of fucked up. Yeah, exactly. So he also found out that Priscilla had been sleeping with, like I said, other people while he was away and found out about her lending his car to one of her quote unquote friends. Once he found out about this, he came back home and threw Priscilla against a wall, backhanding her and yelling at her for lying. So Mary's grandmother was there as well. And she was like, mind you, this woman, I think at the time was, I want to say maybe 70, 60, 70, maybe. Mm Because this time they were about, Wayne, I think was 31 when he, when he got killed. Okay. So I th- I'm assuming yeah around seventy because she because Mary's uh, Priscilla's mom had her when she was like forty. So okay. Yeah, about, so yeah, that makes sense. Okay. About seventy. So Mary's grandmother was like, "Stop! I'm gonna, if you don't stop, I'm going to call the police." He then slapped her so hard across the head that oh she got God. permanent hearing damage in her <gasps> ear. That's how hard he hit a 70 something year old woman. That's horrific. Yep. So later, once Priscilla had admitted to him that he, she wasn't the one who crashed the Jeep, but it was a male friend, he threw her onto the bed and grabbed a butcher knife from the kitchen and pressed it to her throat, threatening to kill her. And she, in the documentary, says that she like could feel it like cutting into her throat. Jeez. Um, so like I said, I don't, when I'm saying all this stuff, I don't want to make it like I'm making this like a story. I just want to bring up everything that happened in that weekend to show there what was led reason. to yeah. what happened. There's clearly, like, you're exactly. trying to explain all of the reasons as exactly. to how this happened. So once he let her go, um, he actually ripped Priscilla's shirt off of her and began strangling her with the ripped portion. After this, he left to go back to the apartments across the street to, quote, find someone to have sex with. So he just, like, did this to his wife and yeah. was like, I'm gonna go fuck somebody else, like, as if this made him horny. Like, so what the fuck? terrifying. So Priscilla actually followed him over there, which only resulted in them coming back to the home and Wayne beating her for following him over there. 
The next few days mirrored what had already happened, Wayne meeting Priscilla and the kids and him drinking very heavily. Mm. So I think he came back on a Friday. On a Monday into Tuesday is when everything happened, if I'm not mistaken. So three or four days of just days days and days of abuse. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So the final day of Wayne's life started much like the previous days had him getting furious at Priscilla for letting someone crash his Jeep. And this is all over that Jeep. Like that, this is all that was over. It was like one car. Yeah. So he would like calm down and then remember it and then get pissed off again, which we've seen abusers do before. So, but there was something that was unlike the previous days though. So Mary wrote in her book that she remembers him drinking well before Mm 9am. All the kids end up staying home because Priscilla asked Mary to, and then her younger siblings were like, we don't want to go to school. If, if Mary's staying home, why are we going to school? So Mm -hmm. she kept everybody home. Yeah. Um, so they witnessed Wayne going back and forth from their home to the apartments across the street, all while driving, drinking, fighting, and beating Priscilla. Around the time when the other neighborhood kids got off from the school, Wayne approached Mary and one of her younger siblings, the man that they tell him where the man who crashed the Jeep was. He also drilled them with other questions, asking how if the hell it, would they know their children? Well, it was a weekend, so they were home. Yeah, when, but like, how do they know where this dude lives? Eh? I don't know where anybody lives. Eh? I'm a grown adult. Exactly. It, well, it's he's an abuser. Yeah, he's an like, abuser and he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. They're like, what child knows directions? Exactly. So um, he also drilled him with other questions, like I said, asking if the children had seen Priscilla holding hands with this man or kissing him. So Mary was like, I saw her doing it. Like, I saw her kissing him, snuggling on the couch. But they all said no, trying to protect their mother from another beating. Once Wayne realized he wasn't getting anywhere with the kids, he went back into the home where he called his brother and sister-in-law asking if they could watch the kid for a few days. Now, if you ask me, I think Wayne was trying to get the kids out of the home so he could murder Priscilla and her mother and not have any witnesses. Not because he cared. Because no. he wanted to be able to dispose of everybody. And then, and then have, yeah, he wanted then, to get away with it. And then if the kids came back, they'd be like, oh, well, they went on a trip. They left. They, they left me. They left me. Yeah. And you guys. Like, that's how they probably would have played it off. Probably. However, the brother and his wife said no. So after this phone call, Wayne left and returned a few hours later with a jug of, of OJ and a bottle of vodka continue, to continue drinking. So just like mm-hmm. doing screwdrivers, like also, double fist and OJ and vodka. Like, what a sir. way to get fucked up. Yeah. Like, sir. Can you relax? No, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say I haven't done shit like that before. Yeah, but also, but like... I was also drinking Malibu yeah. and fruit punch. I was 21. I can't. Malibu is my. I can't either. Yeah. My... Remember when I first moved in? I was. Yeah. Now I can't. I can't mm, drink Malibu. No. It makes me sick. Now I'm more of a whiskey whiskey girly. So yeah, but... love that for me. Yeah. Ugh. So all of a sudden, Wayne went over to the baby's crib in their shared room, looked at Priscilla, and tell told her or told her he knew what to do to quote get to her, and he threatened to kill their youngest child. <laughs> So Priscilla managed to get Wayne to put the baby back in the crib because he had picked the baby up out of the crib and was yeah. like, picked up, was like, I don't know like, what to do to get to fuck with you. I'm going to kill him. Literally. And then she convinced him to put him back, put the baby yeah. back in the crib and and to leave him alone. So um, Wayne left again, telling Priscilla she better be gone by the time he gets he gets back. Priscilla then sat with Mary and told her she needed to talk to her about something. Priscilla then asked Mary something no mother should ever ask of their child. But mm-hmm. I get I get it. She asked Mary to kill Wayne. And Mary writes in her book that she knew Wayne had to die, not simply because of her disliking him, but because both her and Priscilla knew it was either going to be them or him. Yeah. And um, Mary also wrote, like, I didn't want to do it, but I knew my mom. Something like along the lines of, like, I I didn't want to do it, but my mom couldn't even hold a cup of coffee, let alone a shotgun. Yeah. So how was she going to? And like. Exactly. When obviously being the oldest child, she's been extremely parentified Mm -hmm. already, having to care for her younger siblings. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense as to why she felt like she absolutely had to and that this was something 
that was her own responsibility. Definitely. Yep. So when Wayne got back to the home later in the night, he was furious when he saw Priscilla still in the home. He smashed their shared glass coffee table and ended up end up um, backhanding Mary while they were both in the kitchen. Um, he, he had like she had like walked in the kitchen and he had walked in the kitchen, but she had walked in front of him. Mm-hmm. So he just like fucking backhanded her and called her a redheaded bitch like Ugh. out of nowhere. Um, he eventually retired to his favorite armchair where, you know, he sat before slipping into unconscious unconsciousness. Um, but before doing so, he looked at Priscilla and said, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then passed out. So Mary and Priscilla were both on the couch being like, what? This the is your fuck? chance. He had like threatened to yes. kill her before. Like he had like yeah. be, be it around the bush, threatened to kill her. Like this obvi- was an obvious, this was like, a, this, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yes. Where like before it was just, he would take a gun and be like, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to fuck you up, whatever. Yeah. He had never explicitly said, I am going to kill you. But he oh, looked at her in the face. That's a sentence that really yes. shows it's, Mm-hmm. You don't say that Mm-mm. for no reason. No, and you don't say it like that. Like if, like yeah. I, I think we've joked around. Yeah, like, like, I'm gonna I... fucking kill you. Shut the fuck up. Like yeah, she like that. He was like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, and yeah. then passed out. And like with everything that preceded it, if this yes. was just like a one day thing. Oh maybe, yeah, he's but, been like, hurting her, yeah. threatening to hurt a baby. Yep. Like, yep. So um, Mary actually began to nod off because they kind of just sat there in, in like silence. But Priscilla woke her up, asking Mary to get the rifle from um, her and Wayne's yeah, bedroom. This is the only chance you have. So when Wayne, when when Mary brought it back, they both sat there as if they were realizing that like what was going to happen next. Yeah. They kind of just sat there in silence for a second. So Mary knew, like I said, her arms were her mom's arms were so sore she could mm-hmm. barely hold a cup of coffee, not to mention a rifle. So Mary was like, "Mom, do you want me to do it?" And mm-hmm. Priscilla was like, "Can you? Like, can you? Yeah. Can you kill him?" So Mary then walked into the living room with the rifle in hand. Um, she aimed at Wayne's chest and tried to fire, but the gun wouldn't fire. Okay. So she ran back to her mom, asking her mom what was wrong with it. This went on a few times. Like, Priscilla would look at it, be like, okay, go do it. And then she'd come back. And this was like three or four times this, this had happened. Yeah. Until finally Priscilla realized the safety was still on. So um, finally Mary went back in the living room, aimed the gun at Wayne's chest, and at 1.07 a.m., fire the hollow point twenty two caliber bullet right into his chest. Mm. So she re- said that she remembers she- it fucking hurt. So she remembers saying that she didn't see any like blood splatter or anything. So she just yeah. she fired it and ran back in the kitchen. Good. Um where she saw Priscilla dialing for nine one one, telling them she had just shot her husband and she needed an ambulance. Mm-hmm. So the police came and tended to Wayne to make sure they cleared the scene, make sure yeah. and then, then they were able to tend to him. They loaded him up in an ambulance and all the while he was saying like I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I'm going to die. Like, whatever. Good. I hope you fucking um, die. So they took him to the hospital where he was soon pronounced dead because of internal bleeding. So, mm-hmm. um, fuck that guy. Yeah, he deserves Speak to die. Speak ill of the dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Side note. I'm going to say this because I have personal. I have a personal thing with this. Yeah. If someone's a shitty person, you can talk ill of the dead. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't fucking care. I don't care what anybody I says. I have a family member yeah. who was an abuser and an alcoholic yeah. and it ruined one of my family members' lives. Mm-hmm. Is a piece of shit. He passed away in, like, unfortunate circumstances. Don't get me wrong. But my family's always like, don't talk ill of the dead. No. no. Fuck you. Fuck the dead. I'm going to talk ill of the dead if they're a piece of shit. Yeah. I don't you're allowed to do care. that. Who exactly. gives a shit? No, if it's someone, like, who I really loved and, like, yeah. I cared about and someone's, like, they're a fucking asshole, I'll be like, hey, hey. don't talk ill of the dead. But, like, yeah. talk ill of the dead if you need to. Fuck exactly. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Don't talk ill to the dead. If you are having yes. a haunting, don't do that. They're going to yes. haunt you more. Talk ill but of, not to. To. There we go. There you go. So um, police were told by Priscilla that originally it was her fault, but then after they, like, talked to, they kind of, like, went and tend to Wayne, mm-hmm. Priscilla switched it up and was like, it's, it was all Mary's idea. Blamed don't all blame on her child. Your child. So also, do- like, who's going to be like, yeah, the kid, the mm-hmm. kid's a murderer. She mm-hmm. just wanted to murder. The murder. A murder. <laughs> like, 
Um, so due to them not being able to tell who did what, they arrested both Priscilla and 11-year-old Mary on the charge of first-degree murder. They also took gunshot residue samples from both both the people's hands, trying to determine who was the one to really fire the gun. Okay, so okay. it came back that Mary was the one who fired the gun, mm-hmm. but her lawyer was able to make a deal where she wouldn't be charged as long as she testified against her mother. So she agreed. Because there was no, like, she did this yeah. for her mom, but also there was no love lost. Like, there was no, yeah. like, there, there was a lot of tension and, oh, yeah, because her know. mom was abusive to her as mm-hmm. well. But this was survival for all yep. of them. So this didn't make it a lot better for Mary, though, as she was put right into foster care, the foster care system, but mm-hmm. not even in her home county. Mm-hmm. So like I said, do the high profile, do the high profility or profile. No, the high, high, highness of the profile. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Like yes. a whole pro- high profile case in that yes. area. So they made her go to a, a couple counties away to make sure that she was protected. Yeah. So during the trial, Mary testified as well as all the officers who responded to the night of the murder and anyone who could build the defense's case that Priscilla was suffering from something called battered women's syndrome, which we previously mentioned before. Yeah. Obviously, that is clearly not, is. That is not what the term is still a thing, but we don't go by. They don't say battered no. women anymore. It's abused, abuse victims. Yes. So. They also heard from Priscilla's mom and Priscilla herself. So something that the prosecution presented was a letter that Priscilla had written to her mom while her and Wayne were living away from her, asking her to get her poison to kill Wayne. And then another one saying, I didn't get enough. It didn't work. So they presented that. They also, they also read aloud a letter Priscilla had written to her mom while in jail before the trial. So the letter read, Dear Mom, I hate this place. Mom, please help me, okay? Mom, if y'all get to see Mary again by herself, make sure there ain't no welfare people listening and ask her if she could do me a favor. Please, Mom, this is important. My lawyer told me it's up to Mary, what she says to them. If Mary tells them I put her up to shoot Wayne, then I'm good as gone. Do you understand this? I didn't put her up to do nothing, okay? Ask Mary if she told anybody that I put her to shoot. I put her... I put her up to shoot Wayne, okay? Tell Mary to tell them that I didn't in no way ask her to shoot Wayne. Please, Mom, Mm -hmm. if she does, I'm gone. If she has, ask her to tell them it was wrong. Please. She ain't the one who's going to prison. It will be me. God, Mom, please talk to her for me, okay? I'm scared, Mom. I love you. Don't give up on trying to get me out of jail. From Priscilla. Uh. So that's a letter she wrote to her mom while she was incarcerated before the trial. Um, So, yeah. Why don't you just basically be like, does anyone think... Well, first off, does anyone think? But also, do mm-hmm. you think that being in a criminal facility where there are guards all the time, that they're not going to read your shit? They're not going to read your mail? Stupid. How is everyone so dumb sometimes? So, due to all the evidence that the prosecution had mm-hmm. brought forth and, you know, the lack of, you know, convincing on the mm-hmm. defense's part, Priscilla ended up being found guilty of first-degree murder, but the jury urged for mercy during the sentencing due to the severe abuse that was detailed. Okay. So, there was either, it was first-degree murder, first-degree murder with mercy during sentencing, or second-degree murder. That was the choices yeah. that they had. Okay. So, or obviously not guilty, yeah. obviously. Um, so, um, Mary, on the other hand, didn't suffer any legal, legal ramifications, which I'm very happy about. Good, because she was a child. Yep. She didn't deserve anything she went through. And as no. someone who, like I said, works in the victim services field, I can say she did what she had to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, how many times have we heard of a mm-hmm. survivor stabbing their abuser, killing their abuser in order to means to an end? Like, yep. there have been so many people who are currently incarcerated for killing their abusers mm-hmm. because the just, the justice system simply does not understand that, it's a means to an end. Like it's yes. either me or them. But the issue is it's not like a situation where it's like someone comes into our home. We mm-hmm. have a gun. They have a gun and they go, I'm going to fucking kill you. Bam, bam. Yeah. Shoot out. I kill them. That's yes. self-defense. The issue that people have with this uh, 
women or people killing their abusers that there's a time to cool off yes. why didn't you escape why didn't you do this but because people don't understand because it's not safe you're going yes. to reignite and then it's even more deadly for you it's mm-hmm. the same as like i which is so very frustrating to me that people do not understand this concept of like it's never not safe mm-hmm. but like basic or like it's never a safe time you're never mm-hmm anything other than unsafe all the time mm-hmm. especially like trying to leave trying to escape trying to get away from this mm-hmm. person calling 911 the police don't believe you nobody helps mm-hmm. you so like mm-hmm. what it's literally every last possible thing to try to place mm-hmm. blame on someone who literally has no fucking mm-hmm. options yep. and no yep. means for safety yep so um priscilla was sentenced on june 23rd 1988 so 10 years later in mm-hmm. 1998 my birth year what's up <laughs> she was eligible for parole so mary went and advocated for her mother to be released at this time mary was uh, 21 years old mm-hmm. so priscilla ended up getting released and went to live with mary for a short time however during their time living together their relationship went south as priscilla was still acting as she was when it, when she was a teen mm-hmm. partying and spending all the money she got on cigarettes and booze yeah they ended up parting ways and didn't reconnect for almost 20 years wow. so priscilla and mary reconnected in t- uh, 2021 after mary had written my mother's soldier and priscilla had gotten her life together mary also says that she um the person she reconciled she says that like the person she reconciled with isn't the person who raised her like she really grew up very much a different person so mary Uh, thinks priscilla yep mary thinks priscilla did a lot of healing on her own which allowed mary to be able to form a bond with her when she had when she hadn't been be able to in the past Mm -hmm. unfortunately this didn't last long as priscilla unfortunately passed away in august of 2022 so mary was upset at her mother's passing but was quoted as saying in people magazine i still struggle with what she did but i understand why she did it i forgive her Mm -hmm. so i think after a lot of healing and mary even said like the book that she wrote was a very cathartic for her as we both know writing is so cathartic um why that's why a lot of shelters keep journals on hand (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and so she was like i i think she's understanding that she had to also abuse her children so that the abuse wouldn't get worse for her yeah. like you do what you, it's like the, it's like that you you fall over a, your abuser yeah to make it's sure not a, a condonable thing it's not something anybody recommends but it is understandable as to mm-hmm. why it happens exactly because you're doing everything you can to survive exactly and, and i think there also still is a difference like i mm-hmm. have met it's a very rare camp but i have also met people that i'm like i'm pretty sure you are abused by your abuser but you are just downright abusive to your yes. children and it has nothing to do with the other person it's just uh-huh. you are also an abusive person i think that was but, priscilla originally and yes. then i think it got worse when wayne started abusing her more yes and then she eventually because mm-hmm. we all know like as much as we, we said it before people who are people who are child abusers can sometimes get better like they can sometimes realize their mistakes doesn't Mm -hmm. make it right doesn't make them make it say that i'm everyone who hits their kid or who abuses their child a child is but is gonna get better i believe there are some people and i've worked with some people who who physically physically assault their kids because they don't know any way else to do so yeah and that unfortunately there were many generations of parenting and Mm -hmm. people especially impoverished people who really didn't have the resources or Mm -hmm. knowledge base to understand or know that it really is not helpful and it Mm -hmm. is not a way to raise children well we always say in our shelter program gentle parenting is a privilege yes if you are you are privileged if you have the means and ability to to parent your children in a gentle way yeah gentle parenting is not easy and a lot of people weren't raised that i wasn't raised that way you weren't raised that way we both came from families who believed in physical punishment punishment. corporal punishment i I don't know if corporal punishment meant death or not so i didn't say it uh 
physical punishment. Capital punishment. Capital. Or, yeah, there yeah. you go. Corporal punishment is physical. Yes. Physical. Yeah. Punishment. But we both came from families where that was not only encouraged, yeah. but that was the means of uh, disciplining people. It yes, wasn't... that that was the only thing that anybody yep. knew. Exactly. So, like, we come from homes like that, but we both realize what harm that does to a kid. Like, yes. when, especially if it's a certain parent who does it, in my case, it was a certain parent who did the physical, who yeah. did the physical discipline for me. I don't have trust in that parent. Yeah. I That broke all yes. trust that I ever had with that parent, like that, because yeah. in my head, I didn't want to say anything that would disappoint them or, hurt, or upset them because... I was punished physically for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it mm-hmm. and it does create these pathways and ruin a mm-hmm. child's brain. Mm-hmm. And like for Priscilla in particular, as an already very, she was being abused mm-hmm. and in abusive relationships as a mm-hmm. severely young person before mm-hmm. her brain was ever developed. Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like she really had no means or opportunities mm-hmm. for a very long time to understand mm-hmm. what yep. proper parenting would ever be. Exactly. So I'm, I'm glad, though, that Mary was able to reconcile with her yes. mom before she passed. Even though it was I think only she deserved year. that little bit of yeah. healing. So Mary now lives in North Carolina with her husband, who is an attorney, and herself has gone through nursing school and now owns her own medical uniform business. That's awesome. Um, she also is a huge Christian, which says bring... Well, she says it brings her a lot of comfort. So, Good. Good um, you know, while that's not my cup of tea, and we've yeah. talked about that. Um, I'm glad know, she has I'm glad she has something. Um, and she's happy. What I was going to bring up about the book is something yeah. that I wasn't a huge fan of was mm-hmm. it was very – there were some aspects that sounded very victim-blamey mm-hmm. um, from Mary. But I also took that into account as you were a child of DV. You don't yes. understand. Because we, you know, there there are people who we've worked mm-hmm. with and yeah. who I know personally who, you know, mm-hmm. have been through DV as a child and they don't understand what it no. means to, you know what I mean? Like they don't Absolutely. understand. There is like, a difference between seeing something through the eyes of an adult and a progressed person and seeing things through yes. the eyes of a child. Exactly. Like the example that I always give is like a person. So to kind of like blow up my own family spot for a little bit, my grandfather struggled with substance use Mm -hmm. disorder i struggled with substance use disorder Mm -hmm. for a long time my mother thought that alcoholism or substance use disorders were a choice and that Mm -hmm. addiction was a choice Mm -hmm. because she was looking at it through the eyes of a child and what she experienced Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until she watched me her child go through it Mm -hmm. that she understood that i wasn't choosing to be an addict Mm -hmm. i wasn't choosing to go through substance use disorders Mm -hmm. like that this isn't a choice that it is a disease and that's that difference the like seeing it in the difference of the eyes of a child because you (coughs) don't understand Mm -hmm. the complexities of it you don't see every part of it you're only seeing Mm -hmm. this person that you love or that is supposed to love you that is doing Mm -hmm. wrong Mm -hmm. and that it feels like doing wrong by you Mm -hmm. by choice yep and so i actually highlighted Mm -hmm. a um because i I read the book Mm -hmm. online because I've been recently getting to reading again, which is dope as how I've read like five or six books in the past month, which like pat on my back. But I read this book from our county library and they have an awesome app called Hoopla that is like an e-library. So I used Mm -hmm. it on my phone. That's how I found this Mm -hmm. book. So I highlighted it in the book. I just looked at it now. A quote from the book is, I realized how her behavior had fueled Wayne's Mm -hmm. anger and how poor a mother she had been to all four of her children. So I wrote and I said, it almost seems like Mary is blaming the DV on her mom, a very Mm -hmm. child of DV mindset. So like there were a bunch of aspects like that. And also something I I wasn't a huge fan of the book. And maybe this is just this is my personal thing is that there was a lot of mention about God and about um, religion and about how like she felt like God got her through. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe that was her personal experience. But I'm also one that like the way that she was phrasing it felt very like if you believe in God, it'll get you through your abusive relationship. Now, granted. 
listen, here's mm-hmm. my thing. I'm not saying that you can't believe in something to help you get through something. We're both very, mm-hmm. we're, I don't even know how to describe like what we believe in. We're very yeah. witchy, very like crystals, very energy, very nature. Like to me, like lighting incense mm-hmm. and saying manifestations brings me comfort. Yeah. But I know it's not going to be the reason why I got out of a situation. No. The way that Priscilla, sorry, not Priscilla, Mary phrased it was very god is the reason i got out of this Uh, and that kind of bothered me a little bit mainly because i have i don't like organized religion i'm very you got some religious trauma love the religious trauma (laughs) um but you know that's what i did not like and it was also it was published by a christian christian agency and it Mm. was like it's just one of those things that i personally myself i can recognize i have implicit bias yeah very much so against christianity i come from a very christian household and i'm not shaming my parents or anyone i love who Mm -hmm. is a christian you need to do what you need to do Mm -hmm. i personally have a lot of trauma regarding that as a queer person as someone who is not straight or cis you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. so i have a lot of trauma regarding that and i just think that it's more oppressive than i think it does more oppression than good in my opinion and i just don't like how it was phrased that like God got her through because at yeah. the end of the day, her being a survivor is what got her through. Yes. Her, her belief in God may have helped her and mm-hmm. helped guide her, but he is not the reason that she got through. Cause in my opinion, why would, a okay. I'm, yes. about, to, I'm about to get, should, should I go on this tangent? But I understand what you're saying and like where you're coming from. Yes. I also would feel the same way because I feel like, especially being from a Christian publisher, yeah. that it was very much this one of the like, y'all should convert because yes. look how horrific the story yeah. is. Like feeling like all Oprah like, mm-hmm. like God saved her. Like yeah. I can completely understand this. Like mm-hmm. it feels more like you're being preached at rather than you're just hearing about and understanding mm-hmm. like human suffering as yes. well as the capacity for humans to survive yeah so i'm not gonna get on my rant i had planned because that could be possibly offensive to some people and i don't want to you know you don't have you can like true crime and be a christian i don't want to dissuade anyone from listening to our podcast because i am not christian and i have very big feelings about christianity i'm gonna save that rant for when me and tay turn off the the microphones she knows i think you know what i'm gonna say so like i'm gonna pause that put that back if anyone wants to hear it y'all can reach out to me specifically and we can talk we can (laughs) chat but i'm not gonna put it on public forum just because i don't want people but i get where you're going of like that would also rub me the wrong way too because it would feel more like that they're thinking the message is being saved by god rather than than the message of a survive of how people can yes. survive as exactly. well as what is really important here is that there was an abusive person mm-hmm. that there were so many opportunities for intervention and mm-hmm. so many things that happened that mm-hmm. should have never happened to these mm-hmm. people and that there was no help given mm-hmm. yeah so that is um you know it's cr- it's a crazy case mm-hmm. um it absolutely. was absolutely insane to research it took me like a good two or three weeks to research it because it was like that's intense yeah. it was an intense case Ooh. to read and the book was very intense while i don't like how it was phrased in some aspects it was very well written she mm-hmm. was very good about being very blunt and very detailed and very open about how her feelings and i'm very proud of her for that yeah and you know she went through something horrific and i'm very proud of her proud of her mom for doing the healing even though it took years and her mom has proof it can take 50 60 years to get but you to, can to still be, do it heal. Yeah. you don't have to be it is never too late to go through your healing no it is never too late to go to therapy yes. <laughs> to take care of your mental health to reconcile with yep. relationships and as long as you're respectful i also want people to know that just because something happened a long time ago doesn't necessarily mean that time was the healing factor yep. i hate when people say time heals everything no. it doesn't heal anything it just you're farther and farther from it yes 
the time itself doesn't heal you actually doing the work does Mm -hmm. exactly i mean hell like myself i went to therapy i dealt with trauma as soon as four years ago you know when it comes to relationships and shit and you know i went to i went to therapy in 2020 expecting to deal with my sexual assault and rape that had happened in 2017 so three years prior but i ended up dealing with childhood issues that happened 20 years prior so like you know time doesn't heal all wounds you still are allowed to be hurt and to have yes. trauma and to be triggered years later. I am still triggered by stuff that happened over a decade ago. Yes. And that's completely okay. And you can still heal from those things. And yes. Priscilla is a great example yes. of that yep. because like I've met so many people in my life who do have a lot of like childhood stuff or like their parents really mm-hmm. fucked them up and then they just live like that forever. They just mm-hmm. blame their parents forever. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, your parents really did fuck you up, but like you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to live mm-hmm. fucked up forever. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So like, you know, with all that being said, um, you know, there's this was a very heavy episode. Um, please take care of yourselves. I know we're going to go do our favorite self-care. Watch a horror movie. Yeah. Love it. Eat <laughs> shitty movie theater popcorn with oil. Love yeah. it. Um, but, you know, please take care of yourselves. You know, if you if you're in an abusive relationship, there is hope like you can get through it. I'm we feel for you. We have been there. You know, there are agencies that can help you. And if you call and they can't get you out of the situation right away, take any service you can. Yeah. Like, I think that's something that speaks a lot to me is people will call and just because we can't help them out with shelter they don't want any other service which if that's the case that's fine yeah but people don't realize the impact that empowerment counseling can have on you they don't realize the the impact of just having an agency on your side Mm -hmm. can do for you so reach out to your local agency if you have any if you if you need any help Mm -hmm. even just talk to someone you don't a lot of hotlines and i can speak from the two places i've worked at Mm -hmm. you can be completely anonymous yes you don't have to give information they will ask you for your information you don't you don't have to give it you don't have to give it to them you can just ask them for advice and then that's it because that's what we are trained specifically to do Mm -hmm. and not to sound weird if any of you guys who are listening are in an abusive relationship and you don't feel safe calling a agency shoot us a message yeah talk to us because we are both i'm currently in the victim services field Mm -hmm. tay has tay has over five years experience Mm -hmm. we both we both are here for you guys not that we want to do our job outside of work but we care about every single one of Mm -hmm. you even if you're another podcast host please reach out to us let us know if you need help we're here to help you guys out um absolutely as well as we're here to help point out resources mm -hmm. if you're Mm -hmm. feeling overwhelmed to Mm -hmm. do that as well as one of the things that i would also that i used to tell people on the hotline all the time If you want to keep a hotline number saved in your Mm -hmm. phone or things like that, save it as something other than Mm -hmm. a hotline. Yep. Just for your safety Mm -hmm. and peace of mind. Like, put it as, like, student loans, like, something like that, Mm -hmm. anything. So, like, just so you have it on hand or, like, you have people that you can reach out to or go mm-hmm. to or even you know if you know you have mm-hmm. a distant relative that mm-hmm. you don't really talk to yep that's a very good way to, i've told people to do that mm-hmm. like i have a relative who i haven't talked to in over 10 years and mm-hmm. if i was in an abusive relationship the first thing i would do is save that number under aunt blank's name because yep. i haven't talked to that woman in years you mm-hmm. know so it's still a family member you could say oh we reconciled but you just have that number you know yep. and that way if you call them you make these outgoing calls or you know mm-hmm. they won't yes be suspected so you know with that being said i feel like i choose every time i choose a dv heavy case this tends to be a longer discussion because we have personal experience professional experience and we Mm -hmm. feel very heavily about this issue so if you guys need help please reach out you know there is hope out there you are not alone we love you we care about you um you're seen you are you matter and and you deserve to be out of this situation nothing and none of this is your fault just putting that out there so 
with that being said, <laughs> hopefully we'll, I don't know if your case, next case will bring us up at all, but if you want to see silly pictures, you can look at our merch. Look at Tay's book, because I'll post yeah. a picture of Tay's book. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Figures in the Dark. You can follow us on Twitter at Figures in the Dark, uh, Dark spelled D-R-K. Okay, first of all, Sorry. Even, let me finish saying follow us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you can like us on Facebook, send us a message at Figures in the Dark. You can send us an email with your case suggestions, spooky stories, ask for resources, pictures of your cats, mental health check-ins at Figures in the Dark Podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to us on all major streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Mu- Google Podcasts, and then Amazon Music. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was rough, but thank yeah. you for sticking with it. Yeah. And thank you for listening. And as always, beware of the figures in the dark. Okay. Bye. bye.